Hey everyone, Michael Unger here with another episode of Let's Innovate, the podcast where we uncover the passion behind great ideas. In my day job as the program coordinator at the H.R. McMillan Space Center, which I literally just walked from, we're getting focused on our school programs. So I'm super excited for this episode to talk to Cameron Beck. Cameron has a background in teaching at both the elementary and secondary level and is currently working as the BC community developer for Kids Code Jeunesse, a Canadian nonprofit organization that educates students in coding. Cameron will be running a workshop as part of the Youth Innovation Showcase on February 24th. That will be virtual, but we're also going to have in-person opportunities to participate in the Yukon. What? Uh, Sign me up. Uh, Cameron joins us from the West End in Vancouver. Hey, Cameron, how's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Not bad. How has your transition been from in-person education to online? Is it any different for you in the world of coding? It's Well, it's definitely been a change. Um, we we were quite, quite lucky that we offered virtual online workshops to like remote schools. We've done that for years. Um, our main thing has been in-person workshops, but we've, we've had the capability to deliver virtual remote ones. So when the the switch happened, we we're able just to sort of bring everything online. Nice. So tell us about Kids Code Jeunesse, and perhaps uh, for non-French listeners, uh, perhaps tell us what Jeunesse means. Yeah, for sure. Uh, kids Code Jeunesse, so it means Kids Code Kids. So Jeunesse means kids in French. Um, our founder wanted to have that in the name because we are a bilingual organization. Mm-hmm. So we are a Canadian bilingual charity. We are all over Canada. Uh, our main head office is in Montreal, but we have people like me, community developers and instructors dotted all throughout Canada. And yeah, we deliver workshops on coding, artificial intelligence, digital citizenship and computational thinking. Cool. Now, here's a really basic question because I don't come from the world of coding, but if you're an English speaker and you're a French speaker and you're using the coding language, are you working in the same language or is there differences for English and French? Um, there would be differences. There's, Without getting too technical, there's like a library of, of words that you can use to, to do your inputs. Uh, the kind of coding we do, though, so that's that's text-based coding. So that's where you see sort mm-hmm. of people writing out lots of lines of different things. Um, we actually do something called block block coding. So if you imagine like a line of text, uh, another organization has has taken that text and put it into like a physical block on the computer that you can click and drag and move around, uh, which means you takes out all of that, any writing. You don't write anything in for the kind of coding we do. So the language thing becomes a lot simpler there. Interesting. Um, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about coding for you? Like, how did you get interested in coding? Has this been something that's been part of your life uh, since you were a kid? I've always, I've always loved sort of video games and computer games, and just enjoyed playing them more than thought about creating them too much. Um, did a little bit of really basic programming stuff in school, and I was interested in it. But my real passion for exploring it actually came from when I was teaching. Um, it was just introduced into the curriculum that we delivered these scratch coding workshops and it was kind of thrown upon me and I had to learn it as I taught it and just ended up loving it. And I'd spend hours at home making little games and animations and things before coming back in to teach the kids the next day. 
Right. So you started off playing video games. What was like your first console, the first video games you really got into? Uh, I think the first, I actually had a Sega Mega Drive. That might reveal okay. my age a little bit. <laughs> um, and then, well, I had the I had the original NES, so that reveals well, then, my age as well. <laughs> and, then, and then the big one was the Nintendo sixty four. That was like okay, world changing. So, and then you eventually became a teacher. So, when you what made you want to become a teacher? Was this something that you enjoyed being around kids, like, or uh, was there something about the teaching aspect that you found really enjoyable? I. When I was about 15, I started working at an after-school, like, after-school club, after-school group thing, and just loved it straight away. Just loved sort of how funny and creative the kids were, and it was just such a, such a joy hearing their, like, ideas and just chatting with them, the back and forth was always so much fun. So I thought, well, that's something I enjoy doing. It seems like a good path to go down. Interesting. So did, did you find once you started teaching, did you see yourself in the kids or were you like, oh, I can sort of catch up. I can go back and kind of feel like a kid again because I'm around kids. Because I certainly feel that way. You know, when I started non-formal education, I was like, oh, this is great. I can go back to being a kid again. I'm hanging around kids and it's it's a fun energy. Like, was that what you were like as a kid or uh, were you innovative? Like, what were you like as a young student? I think I, I, I feel like I was innovative, probably not in the most constructive way. I probably enjoyed doing like little construction things or little games and projects, maybe not in the classroom. So as a student, I probably wasn't the best, but mm-hmm. I've always been sort of curious about science and about building little things and making things, um, which then coming back to being a teacher was great because we could do little construction activities and i felt like i was i was bringing those things i enjoyed actually back into the classroom that's really key in talking with a variety especially teens is sort of cultivating that curiosity because like you said you don't need to be sort of like that kid that is doing all the science fairs um all you really need is just that keen interest in saying what is that how does that work and that's something that if you can cultivate that um in whatever area uh can really sort of like set them off on a really uh curious path yeah exactly i've always i've always been a really strong believer in just if, if a student or anyone is interested in something, they'll learn it so much more thoroughly and be so much more likely to continue learning about it. So trying to make everything we're learning interesting and fun is kind of a pretty high priority. Yeah. So as part of Kids Code Jeunesse, you talk about computational thinking. How would you define that? And why is it important for kids to learn to think this way? It's interesting because... And this is something that I've really become familiar with working with the organization, but it's something that we already do. So computational thinking is basically just a way of breaking down uh, a problem or a task or even an idea into sort of uh, systematic, easy to follow parts. Um, An example would be, so there there are kind of four parts if we want to get technical, decomposition, pattern recognition, abstraction, and algorithms. So if you think of you want to draw a picture of a house, you break it down into the the basic shapes, Mm -hmm. you know, the shapes that you're going to use, you know, the patterns, you know, that we we think of a a house that we've seen before, all kinds of houses, we uh, abstract it. So we think of the one that we want to create, and then step by step, 
we put those in order. Uh, and, you know, for that example, I, okay. I doubt many people would draw a picture of a house with like the chimney first and then the windows and the curtains. Everyone sort of follows the same basic, you know, you draw your, your square and then you draw your roof on top of that. And so it's just about understanding that we, we already do these things, but giving that name to the name to it and seeing where we can use those things. Yeah. I probably would have drawn my house that I grew up in, which is uh, like no other house that I've ever seen is perfectly round. So uh, it was a very <laughs> unique house. I don't think my drawing would have uh, looked like any others. Kind of looks like a spaceship, actually, kind of like the building I w- work in now. Perhaps that, uh, you know, gave credence to what I'm doing in my life now. <laughs> <laughs> so next month, you're going to be putting on a coding workshop as part of the Youth Innovation Showcase. Uh, what can young people participating expect, take away from this workshop? Well, we really just want to give them an introduction to, to coding, to give them an understanding of what it is and what it can be used for. Um, we, we don't want people to be sort of scared of coding and think of it as this big, daunting, really technical thing that's happening behind the scenes on our computers. We want to bring it forward and have people be able to access it and be able to be involved with it. Um, we, strangely, we kind of, we want people to know enough about coding that they're not just doing it for coding's sake, that they want to, if they want to make a computer game, they can use this platform. If they want to make an animation, they can use this platform. So giving them the tools to get creative or to even problem solve. And what sort of, like, how long has this organization been around? Like, what, have you uh, seen any results of kids that have gone on uh, to post-secondary education or perhaps, you know, started to work for companies? What sort of um, testimonials have come out of this? We, it's, it's, it hasn't been that long. Um, only, only sort of three or four years. But so I don't know if we've, we've really seen the long-term effects of it yet. But right. sort of each year we're reaching more and more students. And again, we, although we'd love to have people sort of enter in a career of computer science because of us, it's more just about trying to expose everybody to it. Like if we could just get everybody to understand it mm. enough that they, they can do some little projects or just understand what's going on when they hear about coding or they hear about artificial intelligence. That's kind of our goal. Yeah, and that's very similar to our goal, you know, at the Space Center. Sometimes I tell kids, you know, you don't have to be interested in space exploration to be excited looking through a telescope and just understand sort of like where the Earth is as part of the, you know, the the grandscape of the universe. And so I see that very similarly. You know, you have these really basic tools, you understand coding and, uh, you know, it's exciting, but you don't necessarily need to like follow through with it on a career, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and just seeing it as a, another way to, to do an activity. We, we actually try and we're trying more and more to promote the use of coding in other curriculum areas. So, you know, creating lessons that use coding platforms to complete like a literacy task or a geography task. Hmm. Have you, uh, do you have any examples of that that you've been working on? So one that we, we show, because we deliver a lot of teacher trainings as well. Okay. Um, and one that we show as sort of an example with that is we've created like a world, like a, a, an atlas world map and uh, made a little sprite, which is like a, a coding object. And uh, the student then has to get their airplane to fly around to different places 
in Earth to you know around the around the map to find out different things about places. So instead of creating a poster or a PowerPoint or something, they can have this interactive thing where they're still having to go and find out about those countries, but mm -hmm. the way that they're showing their work is through a coding platform. Awesome. This kind of reminds me of like, you know, I didn't have coding workshops when I was going to school, but I made up games, you know, just sort of like little games, like almost like what you're describing, except I didn't have the tools to kind of create this. And this sounds like a really cool after school project that someone could get involved in. And, you know, something like the workshop, I think would uh, be really valuable for them. Yeah, hopefully they hopefully it just gives them like some more tools to help bring their ideas to life. Yeah. So uh, we're almost out of time, uh, Cameron. You know, this past year, you know, our world has, has changed a lot. You know, what's been, uh, you know, what's been this like for you? You know, as an educator, as someone, you know, that's interacting in a world that's now, you know, very distant from a lot of uh, people. Like, what's uh, what's this past year been like for you? It's had challenges, definitely. Um, as I said before, we've we've as an organization, we've managed to to continue delivering what we want to deliver uh, online, but. A big part of my job is getting to know the community and building those relationships, which mm -hmm. is is so tricky when we're not meeting anywhere. You know, like being able to go to a school yeah. and have a chat with the students and the teachers, and and have that moment where we're just having fun together. You know, we've we've learnt the basics, and mm -hmm. now we're just playing and having fun together in a room, learning some stuff and trying out some things. That's been really hard to not be able to do those for sure. Yeah, you know, there's sometimes there's a lot to be said for just reading a body language when someone is learning and knowing that they may have a question, but they don't quite know how to ask it yet. You know, when it comes to coding, is there is there techniques that you have sort of found to kind of try to um, try to anticipate those those questions, those sort of um, you know, especially because they don't have the language yet of how to ask how to do something. Uh, do you have any techniques that you've uh, developed? A lot of it comes from uh, knowing where those sticking points are. I find if the if if I have worked through a, a workshop or an activity myself, I know I can sort of pretty much figure out where the issues are going to come up. I know which bit doesn't quite flow mm -hmm. the right way, and so you can kind of get ahead of it a little bit by by understanding the the, the application of it yourself. Yeah. Uh, so as this next year, hopefully, as we get a vaccine, as as the world opens up again, is kid go kids code genus? Is uh, some plans uh, for the future? Are you um, going to keep with uh, workshops? Hopefully, in person. Yeah. So hopefully, we can start doing some in person workshops again. We've also uh, we've launched a another online resource, which we're hoping people have found useful, especially with remote learning and things. Um, it's actually. Uh, dealing with the global, the UN's global goals. So mm -hmm. they have 17 global goals about sort of trying to make everything better. Uh, sustainable development goals are their official name. And we've created this big online uh, resource for specifically about reducing plastic pollution. So there are sort of little activities and extension things and lots of information for people to work through on that. So that's been um, a really exciting new thing that we, that almost has come out of the, the, the changes this year and something we're going to be doing for the next 10 years. So it's called the Kids 2030 Challenge. So for the next 10 years, we're going to be releasing a new challenge every year, which is a, a new, exciting adventure for us. 
Awesome. That's, that does sound really exciting. And I'm really excited for our workshop next month. That is going to be on February 24th. You can find out more information on our website, sciencefairs.ca under the Youth Innovation Showcase. Where can more people, where, where can people find out more information about you and Kids Code Jeunesse? So you can go to our website, which is kidscodejeunesse.org. You can also just put in kcj.org if that's a little bit easier to avoid the French spelling. Awesome. Yeah, again, looking forward to it. You can uh, find out more information also on our social media at Youth Innovation Showcase on Instagram, at Youth Innovation on Twitter. And you can also find me on uh, those social media at Michael John Unger, uh, Instagram at Michael J. Unger on Twitter. Thank you so much, Cameron, for joining us here on Let's Innovate. Thanks so much for having me. All right. We'll see you in a month. And for all the listeners, thank you for listening again. Please like and subscribe. Tell your friends uh, about this podcast. Really appreciate it. You can lead us any feedback as well. Until next time, let's innovate. Let's innovate.